Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Give God thanks this morning just to be amongst the body of Christ in this forum, in the Zoom platform. I give him thanks just to be alive and living. Praise the Lord in such challenging times uh, where so many are losing their lives. So many are on hospital beds struggling to breathe. But we have breath in our body and we should give the Lord thanks. And so today I just want to greet all of you, precious, wonderful saints of God, our visiting friends, our pastor, and all the ministers of God in the name of Jesus Christ. That is the most high name, the name through which God now does all his transactions and business, the name through which he does the business of salvation, the name through which he does the business of healing, the name through which he does the business of casting out devils. It's that name, Jesus, that brings us all that we need. I greet you in his precious name today, the name of the one God. Uh, truly, it's a blessing just to share the word of God with you. And as we uh, go into the word of God, please, I would encourage us all just to keep an open mind. Uh, David prayed uh, when he was to study the Torah, the word of God, Lord, open my eyes that I may behold wondrous, wonderful things from your law. And may we pray the same prayer. Lord, open our eyes today to see wonderful things from your word. Hallelujah. Let's just pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, God, you are so great. You are so awesome. There's nothing that you cannot do. Father, you created all things for your glory and for your pleasure. Each one on this line, dear God, has, be, has been created for the purpose for which you have ordained them. I pray today, hallelujah, that, O oh Lord Jesus, your words will be found in my lips, God. As I speak, dear God, speak through me, Heavenly Father. Let me be invisible and you be visible, dear Jesus. I pray that everyone, dear God, man, woman, boy, girl, Heavenly Father, on the line, dear Jesus, would be transformed by the hearing of your word. Hallelujah. Just by hearing your word, dear Lord Jesus, faith comes. Hallelujah. So I pray, God, that you would send faith into the hearts of your people today. Oh, God, to not only be hearers, oh, God, but be doers of the word of God. I pray that you would anoint me afresh, dear Lord Jesus. Cause me to speak. Hallelujah. Thus says the Lord. And let your will be done. Hallelujah. When it's all said and done, that you will get all the glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Praise the Lord. Uh, today, just want to look uh, in the scriptures and see what the Lord would have to say to us. Um, if we could just turn to the book of Second Chronicles, chapter uh, 26. Second Chronicles 26, and we'll read from the uh, New Living Translation. And I'll read in your hearing. It will be um, quite a few verses, but we'll see what the Lord will say to us from these verses. Verse 1 says, All the people of Judah had crowned Amaziah's 16-year-old son, Uzziah, as king in place of his father. After his father's death, Uzziah rebuilt the town of Elath and restored it to Judah. Uzziah was 16 years old, when he became king. 
and he reigned in Jerusalem 52 years. His mother uh, was Jecoliah from Jerusalem. He did what was pleasing in the Lord's sight, just as his father Amaziah had done. Uzziah sought God during the days of Zechariah, who taught him to fear God. And as long as the king sought guidance from the Lord, God gave him success. Uzziah declared war on the Philistines and broke down the walls of Gath, Jabne and Ashdod. Then he built new towns in the Ashdod area and in other parts of Philistia. God helped him in his wars against the Philistines. His battles with the Arabs of Gur and his wars with the Munites. The Munites paid annual tribe to him and his fame spread even to Egypt for he had become very powerful. Uzziah built fortified towers in Jerusalem at the corner gate, at the valley gate and at the angle in the wall. He also constructed forts in the wilderness and dug many cisterns. Because he kept great herds of livestock in the foothills of Judah and on the plains. He was also a man who loved the soil. He had many workers who cared for his farms and vineyards, both on the hillsides and in the fertile valleys. Uzziah had an army of well-trained warriors ready to march in battle, unit by unit. This army had been mustered and organized by Jiel, the secretary of the army and his assistant, Messiah. They were under the direction of Hananiah, one of the king's officials. These regiments of mighty warriors were commanded by 2,600 clan leaders. The army consisted of 307,500 men, all elite troops. They were prepared to assist the king against any enemy. Uzziah provided the entire army with shields, spears, helmets, coats of mail, bows, and sling stones. And he built structures on the walls of Jerusalem, designed by experts to protect those who shot arrows and hurled large stones from the towers and the corners of the wall. His, frame, his fame spread far and wide, for the Lord gave him marvelous help, and he became very powerful. But when he had become powerful, he also became proud, which led to his downfall. He sinned against the Lord his God by entering the sanctuary of the Lord's temple and personally burning incense on the incense altar. Azariah, the high priest, went in after him with 80 other priests of the Lord, all brave men. They confronted King Uzziah and said, It is not for you, Uzziah, to burn incense to the Lord. That is the work of the priests alone, the descendants of Aaron, who are set apart for this work. Get out of the sanctuary, for you have sinned. The Lord God will not honor you for this. Uzziah, who was holding an incense burner, became furious. But as he was standing there raging at the priests before the incense altar in the Lord's temple, leprosy suddenly broke out on his forehead. When 
Azariah, the high priest, and all the other priests saw the leprosy. They rushed him out. And the king himself was eager to get out because the Lord had struck him. So King Uzziah had leprosy until the day he died. He lived in isolation in a separate house, for he was excluded from the temple of the Lord. His son Jotham was put in charge of the royal palace, and he governed the people of the land. Praise the Lord. We give the Lord thanks for his word today. For the next few moments, I'd like to speak to you from the topic, the sudden fall of pride. The sudden fall of pride. We live in a time where uh, pride to many is a positive word. Pride is something that Many believe is something that is good to possess. Take pride in your work. Take pride in the things that you do. You take pride in your community if you live in a good community. You take pride in your home if you feel your home is well kept and in a good neighborhood. Uh, many take pride in their country because of maybe the conquests of their country, the cultural, cultural heritage. Uh, maybe it's uh, the music or the food. Um, in some way, in some form, uh, many take pride in various things. And pride is something that the scripture speaks extensively about. Pride was there in the beginning. The scripture speaks of pride before the first man and woman were formed. And God has a different perspective on pride than many of us do, than many of the people across the world do. Uh, many look at pride as something to be held in honor. Uh, many look at pride as strength. And so when someone afflicts you or, or someone says words that are hurtful to you, uh, many believe that it is important to stand up for yourself for your pride and for your dignity, and to put that person in their place. You would tell your children if they go to school, don't let anybody talk down to you. Don't let anybody disrespect you. Have some pride in who you are. You might tell them you're a Brown or you're a James or you're a Thompson. You give them their last name and you say, you're one of us, so make us proud. Don't allow anyone to put you down. And so pride, as we can see, naturally is something that elevates. And it's natural to want to be elevated. Uh, within us, there is a, a nature and an inclination to be elevated, to be honored, to be wanted. And so pride is the elevation of self. Pride says, I should be seen above others. I should be heard above others, and I should be chosen above others. And so pride steps into the spotlight and asks that others drift into the background. And so we look at pride today, and we'll examine it from the lens of the scriptures, 
and put it under the magnifying glass of the word of God and to break down even the very uh, specimen itself of pride, to look at the finest particles of pride and see what is it that pride accomplishes in our lives. And is pride something that you should hold on to? Is pride something that you should walk with? And is pride something that God will accept? And so we look at this man named Uzziah, who the Bible says was made king at 16 years old. And we know that 16 years of age is a time where most young men want to be the spotlight of attention. Uh, maybe going through many changes in their body physically, emotionally. And at the age of 16 is when we are filled with passion and thrill. A lot of young men for the first time are jumping in the car and they're now shifting from the passenger seat to the driver's seat. And that comes with a sense of pride. I can do it. I remember when I was 16 and was able to jump in the car for the first time I start to drive. And you feel this sense of pride, this sense of accomplishment. And I remember driving for the first time and not really knowing what I was doing. I had my two feet pushed out, one on the gas and one on the brake. And I drove with two feet, having a sense of pride, feeling that I was doing it right. It wasn't until the one in the passenger seat who had humbled themselves had told me, listen, you're doing it wrong. All you need is one foot and let the other foot rest. And so I recognized that sometimes when you're in the driver's seat, you may not necessarily know what you're doing. And so Uzziah was put in the driver's seat of a kingdom, a very powerful kingdom. And he was crowned the king of Judah and of Jerusalem at age 16. And at this time, uh, Uzziah, the scripture says, was walking with a level of humility the scriptures tells us that he was following instruction. And anytime you find someone who's willing to take instruction, you are looking at a wise man. You're looking at a wise woman. And so Uzziah, the scripture says, he followed guidance from the prophet, from a man who the scripture says was named, praise the Lord, his name was uh, Zechariah. The Bible says, sorry, that Zechariah taught him to fear God. And as long as the king sought guidance from the Lord, God gave him success. And so we see that Uzziah had a very, very good start. He got off to a strong start in the race called life. And his kingdom saw great benefits because of it. The writer of this scripture is careful to note that as long as, meaning during the time that the king sought guidance from the Lord, God gave him success. Under the umbrella and the canopy 
of the king seeking the Lord, we find success. And these are no uh, strange words to Uzziah. Because if he has read the scriptures and read from the book of Joshua, he would have recognized that the Lord told Joshua the same thing. Follow these words that I give you. Follow my commandments. If you continue to obey me, if you continue to seek me, then you will have good success. And that's something that I believe all of us want in life is success. If I did a poll and asked the question, how many want to be failures in life? And I ask you to put your hand up on the Zoom icon. I can almost guess with 100% accuracy that nobody would put their hand up to say, I want to be a failure. But if I ask how many want to be successful, I presume that possibly everyone would put up their hand, would raise their hand. Because it's within us to want success. It's within us to want to do great things, to want to see achievements. And God has given us this desire to seek good things and to seek success. But success must be found in him. And so we see that Uzziah, he builds and he builds, the scripture says, the town of Elath. And he continues to build many towers, towers in the wilderness and towers within Jerusalem. And he not only builds structures, he's great. We can see with building up the economy. He's putting real estate in place. He's building in places where things had been broken down. And we see that uh, before he came to power, his father had been successful until he decided to turn from the Lord. And we see that the king of Israel came and started to break down the things of God. We We see that he took things out of the house of God. He took out the silver he took out the gold out of the house of the lord because it was uh, uzziah's father uh, who his name uh, was amaziah that turned away from the lord he was following him with his whole heart and then decided to turn away from him and the king of israel came and took so many things away began to break down the wall of jerusalem Break down many things in the city, even took captives with him. And so Uzziah growing up saw the end of his father's life. He saw how his father was killed. His father was a a, a, a refugee. His father was literally running for his life. And Uzziah, I'm sure, said, I don't want to end up like my dad. I don't want to end up as a refugee. I don't want to end up as someone who's on the run. And die like a fool. So Uzziah now follows the instructions of God. He's building. He's building the gates. He's building the walls. He's building the towers. And at the same time, he's building his army. He's preparing himself to safeguard himself against those who would want to take his life. And so Uzziah, he he demonstrates great skill in his building efforts. We see that he has knowledge. He has wisdom. We see that he has understanding. And there is an expansion of the kingdom. 
The scripture says that his fame spread even to Egypt, which was very far away from the land where he was living. But because of how successful he was, his fame spread. And whenever you gather an amount of success, fame will begin to spread because people will begin to speak about you. Your name will begin to ring bells. It will begin to sound out into the near and far of society. And so Uzziah did great things. The scripture says he constructed forts in the wilderness. He dug many water cisterns. And so we can see during Uzziah's time, the people were prospering. Because when there's a good leader, the people will be blessed. And so the Bible says that righteousness exalts a nation. And because Uzziah was walking in righteousness, the nation had been exalted. Although under his father, they had been destroyed and they had been taken captive. But under Uzziah, things were starting to look good. It's building cisterns. There's water for everyone to drink. And so we see that Uzziah takes a great amount of praise. He takes a great amount of honor because of his success. The Bible tells us that he built structures on the walls of Jerusalem that were designed by experts to protect those who shot arrows and hurled large stones. It teaches us that Uzziah was not only interested in expanding the economy and in expanding the kingdom, but he was also interested in protecting his people. We see such great leadership skills from Uzziah, not just developing, but also protecting. He's giving people jobs. He's not only giving them jobs, but he's making sure they're well-trained and they're adequate to function in their roles. Uzziah, such a great leader, such a great start. The scripture says the Lord gave him marvelous help and he became very powerful. But there's a but. But when he had become powerful, he also became proud. And there goes the P word, pride. When he became powerful, then he became proud. It's important for us to understand that whenever God allows us to experience some level of power, some level of influence, some level of status, that there is always a spirit called pride that's lurking in the shadows, seeking to attach itself to that power. And so we see that Uzziah, in his strength, thought that he would never fall, but spirit of pride comes lurking in the darkness, creeping through the crack of the door of his heart. You see, because power, because influence, status, wealth, success, if not 
sealed by humility, if not covered by that spirit of meekness, will leave a crack open. And pride can shift itself to such a small form that it can slip through that crack and enter into your heart, enter into my heart. And so pride now enters into the heart of Uzziah. And as it enters within, pride is as a bacteria that it starts off small, but it begins to spread. It begins to move rapidly, spreading within. And you may not see it on the outside. On the outside, the man looks the same. On the outside, he, he may even sound the same. But as pride begins to spread, before long, you will begin to see its appearance. The scripture says that pride led to Uzziah's downfall. As Uzziah allowed now pride to sneak in, what he did not recognize is that pride is always looking for a throne. And the spirit of pride will not share a throne. It will not occupy the throne with others. It wants to rule. Pride wants to be number one. And so the spirit of pride now steps onto the throne of Uzziah's heart and begins to lift him up. It begins to cause him to feel exalted. And what happens is in the spiritual realm, when pride enters an individual, they begin to feel as though they are great when in the presence of God, they are diminishing. They are falling. They are dying. But pride causes us to think that we are in charge, that we are still the one that is, uh, has authority. And so we see that now pride causes him to sin against the Lord. The Bible says that he enters into the sanctuary of the Lord's temple and begins to burn incense. And the scriptures would have us know that burning incense was a sacred task only given to the sons of Aaron. And Aaron was the brother of Moses. He was the high priest chosen by God. When God brought Israel out of, the, out of Egypt and into the wilderness, he says, you are going to be a special and peculiar people to me. You are going to show the world my glory. And he says, I'm installing a priesthood because I need men to stand in the gap. I need men to be uh, mediators between myself and the people. Because there were, uh, uh, the, the, the problem was that sin was standing in the way. And so God says, I'm designating men who will stand in the gap and will make atonement or, or cover the sins of the people. And we see this, this is a, a, a figure of the atonement that Jesus brings to the believer. And so he chose Aaron and says, your descendants alone will bring, burn the incense. 
And when they bring the incense into the holy place, when that smell, when that aroma goes up, when they burn, they would bring a censer, a, 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 a bronze censer, and they would have coals in that censer, that burning coals, and they would pour the incense upon it. And when that incense began to burn upon the coals, it would create such a, a fragrant aroma, such a beautiful smell that when they would bring it into the tabernacle of the Lord, into the place that the Lord chose to dwell amongst his people, when he would smell that aroma that would cause the Lord to be pleased. It would cause the Lord to stretch his hand of blessing upon the people and cause the people to prosper. And so the people would prosper as long as the aroma was what God wanted to smell. As long as it was the people who God ordained to offer it. And so God says, now, I don't want anyone else to offer this incense. And so Uzziah would have heard of the story of the rebellion of Korah. He would have heard of how important it is to, 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 to follow the works and the pattern of God. The scriptures tells us in Numbers, I believe, 16, that there were some men who were looked at Moses. And they said, Moses, you think that you're, you're the ruler of this people. You take on too much. You and Aaron take on too much responsibility. You do too much in the house of God. All of us have to listen to you and you've made yourself a prince over us. And they said, you think you're the only one that's holy? All of us are holy to God. All of us are set apart and chosen by God. And they showed complete disregard for the pattern and the instructions that God gave to Moses. And so as they stood up to Moses, they said, listen, we're going to burn incense. You're, you, uh, the descendants of Aaron are not the only ones that can do this because we're holy. We've been praying every day. We've been reading the scriptures every day. We hear from God too. We know the words of God and we have a connection. We don't need the mediator. We don't need there to be a, a, a in between before us and God. They, they soon forgot the day when God descended on the Mount Sinai in a fire and the smoke ascended from the fire of God. When they saw that terrible sight, when they saw the glory of God in its brilliance, when they saw the fire and they heard the voice of God shake, when they heard the voice of God speak from that mountain and they saw the mountain on fire, they looked up and they heard his voice speaking from the clouds and they were terrified. Those same sons of Korah would have been there terrified and shaking and they all cried out with one voice we can't hear him we don't want to hear God it's too scary for us it's too terrible for us we want to hear only from you Moses be the mediator of the covenant between us and God and that day God says good Moses listen to them because I'm going to make you as a mediator and so any instructions that I give will come through you to them because they asked for it but how soon do we forget the things we ask for? How soon do we forget the covenants that we've made with the Lord? How soon do we forget what God has done for us and where he's brought us from? And so these men decided to lift their foot up and trample Moses. They forgot that Moses was standing in the place of God. They forgot that Moses was the one who God was speaking through. 
And so they rose up against Moses, not recognizing they were rising up against the God who sat on the mountain, who they were terrified of. Because Moses was clothed with humility. He was clothed with meekness. The Bible says he was the meekest man on earth. Because he wasn't walking in pride, they said this man is weak. Because he wasn't standing up for himself with a sword going about to conquer anyone who spoke against him, they thought he was nothing. Insignificant Moses, always giving instructions, feeling that he should be in charge. And they decided we're not going to listen to you. And God says, all right, Moses, I must make a distinction. I'm a God of distinction. Anytime I do a work, I will distinguish between what is clean and what is unclean. In the beginning, he shows us this pattern. He created all things and separated the light from the darkness, the earth from the heaven. The dry land from the sea. God is always looking to separate things for his purpose. And so he says, Moses, I'm going to show the children of Israel this day who is on the Lord's side and who I have chosen. And so he speaks to Moses and he says, Moses, now I want you to call these men. Call them to come to the camp, to come to the tent of meeting. And I'm going to show up. And the men show up, the sons of Korah, with 250 men. And they decide that when they get there, they're going to come with their censer to burn incense. Because their worship, they believe, is pleasing to the Lord too. There's no distinction between me and Moses. I'm the same. We're the same. We're all the same. But God says, all right, men, now is the time for us to see who I have chosen. And God says, all right, let them bring their censers. And they bring their censers and come to burn incense. And God says to Moses, listen, I'm about to destroy all these people. I'm, he says, step back. I'm going to destroy everyone. The anger of God was kindled when he saw the pride of these men that he says, I'm going to take everyone out. And Moses and Aaron, they cried to God. They said, no, are you going to destroy all of your people for the sin of one man? And God, as they bow down before the Lord, because they threw themselves on the ground, because they fell in humility, God says, all right, I won't do it. Anywhere God sees humility and repentance, his judgment will step back. His judgment was never assigned to a repentant and a broken heart. Because God won't break what's broken. God will only heal and restore what's broken. And so Moses recognizes that if I'm broken before the Lord, he will step back in mercy. And so he cries out to God and God says, listen, Moses, all right, get up. I won't destroy all the people. But these men... I want you to separate yourself from him. Tell all the people if they don't want to die with them to separate. And so they separate the people of Israel from these men who are lifted up in pride. And they say 
Now, Moses says, if you die a natural death, if you die just like everyone else, if you fall asleep one day and you die, or you get sick, regular sickness, and it progresses until you die, then I have not spoken, says Moses. The Lord has not spoken by me. But he says, but if the Lord does something new and he opens up the earth and swallows you alive, you and your family, then you know that I am the one standing here on behalf of the Lord that has, does the, that has done these works through God and not myself. And so the men continue to stand in their arrogance and their pride. And pride is deceptive because it will cause you to think you're standing while you're falling. Pride will cause us to feel as though nothing can take us out. Because pride makes us feel that we are like God. And so the scripture says that suddenly, out of nowhere, the earth opens up beneath them. Like a sinkhole, it opens up and swallows them alive. The earth has been hungry for these men. The dust uh, and the fires of hell have been hungry for these men. The earth swallows them alive and then covers up this trace. There's no trace of these men. They're gone. The scripture says that the memory of the ungodly shall perish out of the land. And so they're completely gone. And then the 250 men who are burning incense while this is all happening, thinking that God is with them, all of a sudden a fire comes out of the heavens and burns them alive and they die. The people of God begin to scream and cry. Can you just imagine the frenzy just seeing all of this take place all in one moment, the earth opening up and then fire falling on these men and so many dying in one instant just because a man lifted himself up in pride and thought that they could stand in the presence of God with their own incense. And the people of God See the works of the Lord and the sudden fall of pride. And Uzziah would have known about the sons of Korah and their rebellion. But the, what happens to pride is that when, once pride gets on the throne, it causes a spiritual amnesia. And so Uzziah begins to forget all of these stories. None of these stories have any impact on him. The sons of Korah have no impact. He forgets that he's standing in the same position. And so because he's powerful now, he's walking in his strength and he's holding the incense of God with his own spirit, with his own strength. And the priests come and the Bible says that the priest comes with 80 other priests. And they say, stop this, Uzziah, stop. 81 men are trying to hold back one man from offering incense to his own destruction. They're standing in his way. They're begging him. They're saying, it's not for you. Don't do it. 
Let go drop the incense, please. We don't want you to die like your father. We don't want you to die like your grandfather. Pride, the spirit of pride took both of them out. And it's coming for you. Don't die like they died, Uzziah. You started so well, Uzziah. Look all around you, Uzziah. Look at what you've built by the hand of the Lord. Look at your accomplishments through his help. Don't allow what you see to deceive you. It's not you. It's the Lord. Don't allow your riches to make you think that you are better than anyone else. Don't allow your job to make you think that you're too good to hang out with certain people. Don't allow the family that you come from to make you think that you can step in uncharted territory in prohibited grounds and do what you want to do. Because pride is a deceiver. It comes to make you feel that you are justified in doing your own thing. Uzziah let go of the censor before it's too late. Before the Lord brings judgment upon you. Uzziah, there's one chance for you left. Drop it. It's not for you. And as the Lord sends this instruction to Uzziah, Uzziah becomes more angry because his heart had been turned to stone. Because when pride comes in, it causes you to become exposed. And your heart is no longer preserved in the refrigerated environment of the word of God. You're now exposed to the elements. You're now exposed to the elements of darkness. Satan now has an opening to defile your heart and your heart becomes corrupted and your heart becomes hardened. And as Uzziah is standing there, as the word of God comes to him, all the word of God does is infuriate the pride within him. He begins to stand up even more stiff-necked. He begins to stand up even more arrogant. It causes the pride to come out even further. And as the priests speak to him, he becomes angry. And when pride is disturbed, it will bring forth anger. And that anger will cause the rebellion to rise up. Hallelujah. And once that rebellion is in full strength, it will act and do what it wants to do. And so Uzziah decides to reject the word of the Lord. He rejects the order of the Lord. He doesn't realize that this order is sent from heaven. That this was what Moses saw in the heavenly realm. He doesn't recognize that Moses was brought into a mountain and seen the pattern of the heavenly things. He doesn't recognize that this incense and this position was given to only select individuals because of God's divine order. And pride will cause you to reject the order of God. When God says to walk humbly, Pride will say, it's okay. I have this covered. I can do it by myself. And in the midst of Uzziah burning his incense, 
The scripture says that leprosy formed in his head suddenly. Leprosy is something that takes time to form. Leprosy is not something that you see right away. When we look at leprosy, it is a disease that they say can take up to five years to even show visible signs. Leprosy can take up to 20 years in some cases to be revealed. But this man's pride was so strong that when he stood up to burn the incense, the leprosy appeared in his forehead to the point that the priest saw him and had to throw him out of the temple for the defilement that had come. And as that leprosy began to form, leprosy, it eats away. It eats away. But what we were seeing, what the priests were seeing, was just a visible manifestation of an invisible problem within Uzziah. Because that pride had been eating away at the extremities of his heart. That pride had been eating away at his limbs in the spiritual realm. And those same hands that he used to build the kingdom, the spirit of pride came as leprosy to eat away, to cause him to have no sensation to the word of God. And what leprosy does is it first attacks the sensation, it attacks your nerves. Because it wants you to be uh, apathetic. It wants you to be completely, uh, hallelujah, apathetic to the move and the word of God. It wants you to completely be in, out of touch and out of tune with the word of God. And so as Uzziah is hearing the word of God, it's having no impact on him. Because that leprosy of pride is eating away at his spiritual nerves. He can no longer feel the vibration of God's presence. He can no longer feel the conviction from God's word. Because that pride is now causing him to lose feeling. Hallelujah. And whenever pride gets into our hearts, it causes us to lose feeling. We can't feel the conviction of the Lord. It causes us to become hardened until uh, our fingers, until uh, our toes become so hardened and so swollen with this, with this bacteria that it begins to deteriorate. And if you see leprosy, it causes, it attacks your nose. Uh, people with leprosy after a while it spreads to your nasal cavity you can't smell you're not able to discern what the spirit of the lord is doing in your life you're not able to discern the will of god for you anymore because pride has taken your, your nose it attacks the eyes because pride comes to blind you Many with the, with the leprosy cannot see after a while and they go blind. They can't smell anymore. It begins to, to come against the lips and eat up the lips of the people that have leprosy. And that's why Moses instructed the people with leprosy. Cover your top lip. And cry unclean, unclean. Because pride and leprosy is something that is contagious. They say that if you sneeze and someone ingests those particles, that bacteria can infect them. And that's why Moses says, now get away from these men. 
Separate yourself. They have a virus much deadlier than COVID-19. Because this virus of pride is as a leprosy that eats away and eats away and eats away. It tortures the, the, the sensations and the nerves and the skin and the flesh of those who have it. And yet Uzziah would not repent. And the scripture tells us that Uzziah is put into isolation. He's removed from the throne because pride will remove you from your position in God's kingdom where God has called you to rule as priests and kings. He's called us to rule, to stand as ambassadors for his kingdom. He's called us to carry the light of God into the world. But pride puts the light out and chooses darkness as its comfort. And so now Uzziah is removed from his position. Hallelujah. Because he stepped out of position, he's removed from his position. And anytime we step out of position, anytime we rise up against the order of God and we choose to do what seems right to us, the scripture says that there's a way that seems right to a man, but the end thereof is the way of death. The scripture says that broad is the way that leads to destruction and there are many who will follow that way. And so the Lord is speaking to us as a body. Be careful what path you take. Be careful what position you step into. Be careful where pride will lead you because pride is a deceiver. It will cause you to take the broad way thinking that you're walking the road of eternal life. Thinking that you're right with God. Thinking that you're saved. It will cause you to think that your prayer is answered. But the scripture says that all the proud in heart are an abomination to the Lord. An abomination is something that is a cursed thing in God's sight. And the scripture says that the prayer of the wicked is an abomination. If I regard iniquity, if I regard sin in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. God is saying, remove the spirit of pride. Remove that pride that seeks to eat away. And pride is so powerful because it comes in a disguise as an ally of self. It comes to make you feel good. And this same pride is the same spirit that took out Uzziah's grandfather, Joash. Joash was placed as king when he was seven years old. Joash was placed to rule and he followed the priest. His name was Jehoiada all the days that Jehoiada lived. He followed him. He was able to, to, to rebuild the house of the Lord. He was able to do great things for the Lord. But the Bible says that when the priest died, his fear for God died as well. Who is your fear of God attached to? Is it attached to a man? Do you attend church services because you want to be seen by someone? Do you attend the assembly because you want to be recognized by someone who you believe is holy? Who is your fear of God attached to? 
Do we seek God because he's God? Or do we seek God seeking to be known by men? And once Jehoiada was moved from Joash's life, the scripture says that there were these men, these princes, they came and they paid homage to him. They gave him money and they gave him respect and they gave him honor. And when that comes, so came the spirit of pride. And it was that same pride that caused Joash to kill Jehoiada, the priest's son, who came to say, stop doing what you're doing. Turn back to the Lord. But Joash said, who called you? Who, who asked you for your opinion? And pride will look in the face of a prophet and say, who are you? Why are you speaking to me? Pride will cause us to look at the word of God, to read the scriptures and say, yes, I'll, I'll, I'll do that part. But that part, no, nah, I don't need to follow that part. I don't need to, to separate myself and live so holy. It's the 21st century. Who cares? Sex is in. Everyone's doing it. Yes, I will obey the word that says, you know what? I should love my brother and love my sister. I'll, I, I'll be kind. I'll put some money out to the poor. Yes, I'll do that once in a while. But sex? No, I'm not giving that up. It's the 21st century. Come on, everybody's doing it. Look around us. Don't, don't act so archaic. The scriptures are old. It's irrelevant. But the Lord says, this is my word and it's settled in heaven for all times. If you defile the temple of God, God will destroy you. Your temple is a body. Your body is a temple that must be clean to the Lord. It must be holy. The Lord wants our bodies to be holy to him so that he can inhabit our bodies. The problem is that God wants to live in us, but he won't live in us with a defiled spirit. And so that pride must first be removed before the spirit of God can be released. Who is struggling with pride this morning? Who is looking in the mirror and saying, yes, this is what I want to see. Because it's pride that brought Lucifer, the very highest of angels, the one who had, the scripture says he was the anointed guardian cherub. His task was to guard the presence of God, to ensure that nothing would defile or come near. But instead of guarding, he was looking at himself. The Bible says he was corrupted by his own beauty. This angel who was the highest, who was created with wisdom that no other had, when he began to see himself, when he began to see what God had done in his life, how, how God had created him, he began to think of himself higher than God himself. He had that same heart that Uzziah had, that pride. And it was that pride that caused him to fall. And so Jesus says, I beheld Satan fall as a lightning from heaven. And now, not only has he fallen, but I give you power to trample upon him. And who would want to be in the same position of Satan this morning? Who wants to be a companion of one who's been trampled? 
that same spirit is seeking a recruiting and recruiting souls to come. Hell is preaching sermons this morning. Hell is stepping into the congregation of the, of the righteous and finding who can I find to come with me. Satan is still looking for company. They have a saying that says misery loves company. He's miserable and looking for you to come with him. Will you give heed to him or will you turn away and say, I will follow the Lord? Will you allow the spirit of pride to deceive you into thinking that you can do life by your own strength? Or will you say, Lord, I humble myself. Jesus came and says, I am here to destroy the works of the devil. And so Jesus has destroyed the power of pride. But the only way we have access to live above the spirit of pride is to walk in the spirit of Jesus Christ, which is the spirit of humility. Are you clothed this morning with the spirit of humility? Does the spirit of meekness rest upon you? If it is not, then pride is just one reach away. And when it catches you, it will defile you. And that leprosy will eat away at the fragments of your soul. Will you reject the counsel of Satan? Will you reject the evil one and turn to the marvelous light? It is in the light that we are able to have fellowship with Jesus, that we are able to stand. We are able to be ambassadors for him. Someone today, the Lord is seeking for you to be an ambassador of light. But he says that pride, that subtle pride. Yes, it's the subtle pride that's most dangerous because you will do religious things thinking that you are in right standing. You'll enter into the house of God. You'll bring your worship. You'll bring your sacrifice. You'll be like Cain. I, 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 God, I showed up when you said bring a sacrifice. I came with an offering for you, Lord. But it's rejected. What offering are you bringing today? Is it an offering of flesh? Is it an offering that comes from what you want to give God? Or are you giving God what he's asked you for? Once you give God what he's asked you for, you will be accepted. There will be no leprosy. There will be no destruction. But if you choose to hold on to your pride, then understand that the scripture says pride comes with destruction. And a haughty spirit will lead to a fall. But Jesus Christ says, I took your place where you should have been stretched out for your pride, where you should have been nailed to a rugged cross, where you should have been whipped 
and beaten to a pulp where you should have been marred and disfigured, where you should have been mocked and spat upon, where you should have been jeered, where you should have been rolled across the ground and beaten by an army of soldiers, where you should have been the one that was bleeding to death, where you should have been the one who was crying out in agony, who was crying out, I thirst, when you should have been the one who was on the cross bleeding and dying and dying a cruel death naked and mocked in front of so many people jesus says i will stand in the way although your pride would have caused you to receive the death sentence i will stand in the gap i will be the incense that goes up for you my sacrifice will be the sweet smelling aroma to god that when he smells the incense of the sacrifice of my life that he will stop the plague he will stop the leprosy from spreading in your skin from spreading in your soul from causing that spiritual death I don't want you to be separated leprosy separates a man from his family it separates a man from his community it separates a man from his God but today God is saying you don't need to be like Uzziah you don't need to go from the throne to the house of separation you don't need to be separated from me says the Lord because I have died I have put my blood on the line I have become the incense I am the high priest that brings the incense before the father so that you can have access to me you can have access to eternal life so that your plague can be removed and destroyed I want you to come to me today will you come to me today don't stay there in your isolation don't allow your sin to hold you back anymore don't allow that leprosy of unforgiveness and bitterness to hold you back so many years you've held on to your unforgiveness so many years that pride has kept you from saying i'm sorry you live with the man but yet you never said I'm sorry you live with her but yet you've never said please forgive me you continue as though things are good you continue as though life is great as though the leprosy is not spreading inside of your heart the leprosy spreads and with that pride it brings rebellion it brings anger it brings restlessness. Are you restless today? Are you in a position where you can't find peace of mind? You pray, you read your Bible, but there's no peace of mind. Is there something that's holding you back right now? Is there a leprosy that's eating away at the sensation of your heart? That's causing you to lose the feelings of God. For if I have the compassion and the feelings of God, I will feel it for my brother when he's in need. I will feel it for my sister when she's struggling. I will feel it for that child when they're being spoken too harshly. I feel the compassion of God. When the compassion of God is within me, I can feel I can feel God wants to heal some leper today. 
You don't have to be unclean anymore. You don't have to be destroyed anymore. You can rise up through the blood of Jesus Christ. It cleanses every leprosy. You don't have to live and die a leper. The scripture says in the year that King Uzziah died, Isaiah saw the Lord high and lifted up. He said, when I saw him, I fell down like a dead man because I recognized I was so unclean. In the presence of the Lord is where we'll find our true selves. We'll see our true identity because the light is so bright. Somebody today just needs a glimpse of the Lord. How holy he is. How righteous he is. How glorious he is. The God who has no sin in him at all. That same God is still sitting on the throne. Only one is on the throne. Only one can save you. But it won't happen until your Uzziah dies. Until that pride is put to death. When that pride was put to death, Uzziah fell in humility. He fell humble before the Lord. And he says, woe is me. Lord, I'm, 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 I'm undone. I'm unclean. My lips are unclean. And I dwell amongst the people whose lips are unclean. I'm unclean. He cried out like the leper was supposed to cry, unclean, unclean. This leprosy, this spirit of pride, it spread throughout the kingdom, Lord. It spread, Mama Masakataya. It spread, Mama Masada. But I'm unclean, oh Lord. And the Lord spoke to the angels. And they brought, hallelujah, a coal from off of the altar. It's that coal, the same coal that the incense would be burned on. And they brought that burning coal and put it on his lips. And as it touched his lips, it burned every trace of pride and sin. There's a call for you this morning. There's a call for your bitterness today. For you who are trapped with the spirit of pride. Your pride has been a cover up for your shame for many years, Mama Satan. Many years you've walked around covering up your insecurity with pride, Mama Makata. Your pride is killing you, Mama Makata. Take away that cover up. Take it away in the presence of the Lord. Don't allow that pride. To destroy you. For the Lord says, I have a coal for your lips. And once that coal touched his lips, the angel says, now you are clean. If someone just takes in the word of God today and says, Lord, I repent of my sins. Lord, I come before you and I say, please. Search my heart, God. Remove every trace of leprosy, every pride, every bitterness, every unforgiveness in my heart. God, burn it out and let me be clean before you. Then you will be clean. And God, just like he did with Isaiah, can say to you, go for us. God wants to send someone today into this lost world to bring healing and bring deliverance 
So many are dying. Hallelujah. So many are committing suicide because the leprosy of sin is killing them. The leprosy of this world, this world is eating them alive. But the Lord has given us those who have been clean, he's put us into his priesthood and says, go and bring healing. Go and bring deliverance. Somebody today will find your healing in the waters of baptism. When you take on the body of Jesus Christ, it's leper proof. Hallelujah. No leprosy can touch the body of Jesus. Because that body is incorruptible. And so when you get baptized in Jesus' name, you're being baptized into an incorruptible body, into Jesus Christ, who's risen above death, who's risen above pride. Hallelujah. He is the high and lofty one. He alone sits on the throne. And when you're baptized in his name, you take on his identity. And so I speak to someone today. If you've not yet been baptized in Jesus' name, today can be your day. Take on that pure body. Take on that holy flesh, hallelujah, that can wash your sins away and make you clean in the presence of the Lord. You don't have to fall a sudden death because of pride. But if you humble yourself before God, he will raise you up. Don't raise yourself up. You can't do it. But Jesus can. God bless you as you receive the word of life. And I'll turn over to our pastor in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. I want to lift your hands in the presence of the Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Such a wonderful word. A word that comes to challenge us. A word that comes to make us clean. Pride is the enemy of the soul. Hallelujah, hallelujah. We have to guard ourselves from such a spirit. Hallelujah. It deceives us. Allows us to think uh, much more of ourselves uh, than what we ought to. Allows us to believe that we are more than who we are. But I remember from the book of Genesis that God brought dust together. Molded. And dust could do nothing laid still until God blew his breath in our nostrils. The scripture tells us man became a living soul. When sin entered the body of man, we found out after from the dust we came and to the dust we will return. Pride. Pride. The scripture tells us uh, of the church in Laodicea, and says that they are rich, I have prospered, and I need nothing. I'm self-sufficient. And uh, but Baba said, from Christ's estimation, the King, when he looks on them, he said, "You're wretched. Uh, you're you're pitiable. 
You're poor, blind, and naked. Pride will allow us to have the wrong impression of ourselves, not recognizing when we're naked, we think we're clothed. We think we have everything when we have nothing. But the Lord is here this morning. He wants us to bring us into reality. He wants to give us his judgment. What he thinks, what he knows about us. The Bible tells us in the book of Daniel about the king Nebuchadnezzar. He said when his heart was lifted up and his spirit was hardened. Pride hardens one's spirit. You cannot, the spirit of the Lord can no longer speak to us. No longer governs our heart. Because pride is sitting on the throne. And hardens our spirit. I said that because of that, he dealt proudly. And when the spirit of God does not have control over our lives, man starts to deal proudly. And he was brought down from his kingly throne because he lifted up himself in pride. The Bible said that the glory of the Lord was taken from him. Now, pride comes to rob our glory. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Pride comes to take away our glory. The Lord is speaking to someone this morning. Hallelujah, hallelujah. The Lord is speaking to everyone. Hallelujah. Where is the spirit of pride lurking around me? Probably it has not yet gotten uh, a hold of the throne of my heart. Uh, but there are some hedges that is being uh, torn down. There's a crack. There's a breach. Hallelujah. And pride is sp- spying out the land as to how it's going to govern the throne of my life. Hallelujah. 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 The Lord said by God in Psalm 31 and verse 23 says, Love the Lord, all you his saints. The Lord preserves the faithful, but abundantly repays the one who acts in pride. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The the, the challenge is is that when pride takes over our heart, as the preacher said today, you will be thinking that what you're doing is right. And you don't even know you're acting in rebellion against God. Rebellion against the authority of heaven and earth. And you're thinking that you're pleasing God out of position, out of place in an attempt to honor God when you're bringing a reproach to his name. Hallelujah. The deception, the deceit of pride comes to make us foolish and brings us in a position of abomination to God where his judgment will be meted out quickly. There's only one place for the proud. Hallelujah. And that's down. Hallelujah. In your mind, you think you're being elevated, but you're swiftly falling to the ground. Hallelujah. 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 Search me, O God. 